0: Hopefully it'll turn out fine. This is a couple of announcements. Uh, so, as many of you know, we've been meeting here in this place for about a month now. About four, maybe this might be the fifth week we've been meeting here. Um, and this is something that we're uh, trying to test out. I know that uh, in the past, uh, the English used to meet in here, but then we end up going over to the to the, to the other building. And just the, a, a reason for why we're uh, trying to meet here: uh, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, we're, we're thinking, we're considering about changing our service time uh, to 11 or somewhere between 10.30 to 11. And the idea is that we want to uh, match the Chinese side. We all have service at the same time. So uh, all families, you know, they can come together to church and then they can uh, have service and then, then they can go home together. Whereas in the past, sometimes parents had to come drop off their kids and if they didn't save for sunday school then they go home and they come back again and it was just like a bigger hassle sometimes um you know uh, parents don't wake up maybe the youth doesn't come or or uh, if maybe you know maybe nine thirty might be too early for some of us i know uh, after a long week a lot of us might want to sleep in so that's also one of the things we're considering to move it back so people can get some more rest because right? people have to come early to to prepare it they might have to come like which means they got to sleep wake up at like you know 7 or something so this is some of the things we're trying to consider Um, We want to hope this will be a good change. If you have any concerns, um, please come talk to me. Come talk to Elder Jerry. If maybe this time doesn't work out for you or if there's some things that we need to consider, please do let us know because we know it's a big change and it it will affect many people. Uh, So, yeah, if you have any thoughts or uh, just come talk to us, please, please don't be afraid to do that. We want to hear your feedback before we fully go forward with this change, um, which we'd want to try and make by the beginning of March. So, uh, it's soon so please come talk to us and I think it's just it's nice that we can, in this room we can sit together closer I know uh, sometimes people like to do that like Tetris thing where like they want to sit like just enough apart from someone but you know just close enough to so here we're able to sit together and also um, you know we can hear each other more when we sing it's nice to kind of be able to hear the person around you <laughs> right because the other building is so much bigger so this is kind of nice I, I like this I hope you know we, you guys will like it too um, and also, another announcement would be uh, when you guys walked in through the front doors, you may have saw on the right-hand side, there's like some toys on the ground boxes. So maybe you haven't noticed, but if you want to pick up some toys, uh, you can. Uh, they're, they're, they're free. And uh, anything that won't be taken by the end of today, um, we're going to donate. So, um, take a look. It may not be for yourself. It could be for someone else. Actually, there's some nice toys outside, actually. Um, I saw like this He-Man type of action figure i was like oh that's interesting <laughs> like saw that growing up but yeah uh, and if you uh please do exercise caution as well so we know the coronavirus is kind of going around right uh there's a small chance that you might get it and also a small chance that you might you know you could pass away from that so please do exercise caution uh, practice good hygiene if you're not feeling well please try to you know contain yourself you know like uh Try not to get other people sick. If you're, if you're coughing, uh, yeah, we should wear a face mask or probably uh, stay home and rest, okay? Uh, or cough into your sleeves, something like that. So uh, if you have any doubts, please do check the doctor. Um, you know, just, just love people in that way, okay? Love people in that way. We love you, but if you're sick, please, um, you know, take care uh, to not yeah, to sick as well. Okay, so uh, we finished the book of Acts now. And uh, the book of Acts was written by Luke, and through that book, we were learning about God, we were learning about ourselves, we were learning about this world that we're in and its relationships between everything. And three weeks ago, yeah, we finished this amazing story, but we also learned that just because it ends, uh, you know, uh, in Acts uh, chapter twenty-eight, but the story, in a sense, it, it lives on. Right? It lives on through the lives of the people, the disciples. That, that, were, that were alive and were, who were making disciples. And the same command that Jesus gave to his disciples um, is this. And, and it's for uh, anyone who's a believer as well, which is this. It's found in Matthew 28, um, verse 18 uh, to 20. I'm just going to read it here. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right, so it's you know, making disciples of, of all nations and baptizing them and also teaching them of everything. Right? So there's several things that Jesus is commanding here. And this command, right, it, which was given to these disciples back in this time, is also for anyone who's a disciple now. And, in fact, anyone who's a disciple now, a follower of Jesus, we are actually the fruit, right, of those who came before us. We're the fruit of other people's labor. And for, for those of us who are in the present, I, I just want you to consider this question. Consider this question is, um, what are you going to leave behind? What are you going to leave behind? And not, not in a sense of, like, oh, like I'm moving on, right, in that sense. But, like, in a sense, think about, like, your legacy, or think about like what, what you're leaving behind in that, in that sense. What are you leaving behind for the next generation or for the next person in that sense? Right, and in school, we learned about famous people who did incredible things right, in history class or any class, there'll be some kind of like famous person right, who, who won some kind of Nobel Prize or who led some kind of revolution or who invented some uh, thing. Like I think a lot of uh, our holidays are actually dedicated to these famous people. Right? Like we have a, you know, Christmas dedicated song. We have you know Columbus or President's Day. Right. We have all these um, days that are dedicated to people because they achieve something. And I also know that a lot of us uh, who grew up in the Bay Area, we are oftentimes were pushed or we're encouraged maybe by our parents or by ourselves to achieve something. Right. To kind of be somebody. To be some use to this world. Right. To make a difference. And we want to work hard, we want to make a difference, we want to leave our mark, right? So I want you to consider for yourself, what are you going to leave behind? In that sense, what are you going to leave behind? And in the book of Acts, when we're studying Paul's life, we saw that his purpose was very clear, what he wanted to leave behind. He wanted to leave behind disciples that, that he made, who would make more disciples. Right. He wanted to obey Jesus' commands, right, to baptize and to teach, to make disciples. That was what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted to leave behind. So what I want to do today is I want to take some time to set up a new series that we're going to go through. We're going to go through the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Okay. All right, why don't you say that? Say the word with me. Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Thessalonians, right? So It's a mouthful, right? It's a mouthful. Um, and uh, today's sermon is going to be a little shorter and maybe a, less, a little less meaty, but um, I want to kind of set up what we're going to be covering in the upcoming weeks. So first Thessalonians, it comes um, before uh, 2 Thessalonians. So if you could find that in your Bibles, you can turn there now. So 1 Thessalonians is right before 2 Thessalonians. There are two books, two books, right, it's, uh, right after uh, Colossians. And uh, Thessalonians, it's often referred to as an epistle. An epistle, which is basically a letter. And this letter is not very long. If you turn to your, in the Bibles, if you're able to find it, um, how many chapters is it? Just shout it out uh, uh, when, when, you, when you find it. How many chapters are in the book of five? Can we get a confirmation on that? Yes. Yes? Five? Anyone's anyone says six or four? No? Five? Okay. Five. How many how many pages did that take in your Bible? How many pages did, did, did that book take up? My Bible four. Four? Okay. Is yours a Chinese English bilingual? Okay. Alright. Two? You have commentaries? Okay. Yeah, so Based on the, depending on the version you have, it could be different amount of pages. But roughly it's somewhere between like two to, two to five or something, you know. So roughly between there, two to five. So not very long, not very long. Um, but it is a very packed and it's very important book. And sometimes this book is overlooked. It's just so small, right? So I'm going to give you guys a little background on this book. Um, this book is probably one of the very first... One of the very first uh writings that paul wrote, one of the very first letters that paul wrote, so very very early in his like in his uh, after he became a Christian and after he started making disciples, this is one of the very first books that he wrote and it was probably written within uh twenty years of Jesus' ascension okay within twenty years so obviously within his you know people's lifetimes people would have uh met Jesus people would have known Jesus okay people who were still alive uh at that time knew Jesus and i want to encourage you guys as you go home this week to actually read through this entire letter in one sitting okay read through this entire letter all 5 chapters in one sitting so we just talked about it's uh it's only 5 chapters and it's actually very short it's only about like 2 to 5 pages depending on your version So, it will take you no longer than 20 minutes to read this, okay? Some of you guys could be like, I could probably finish this in five minutes. But, it will take you no longer than 20 minutes. I encourage you to read through it in one sitting. And why? Why do you want to do that? Because when the Thessalonians, the recipients of this letter, when they had this letter, they would have uh, read it in one sitting. That's That's how they would have read this letter. It would have been in one sitting. And... I think that's the same for us, right? If you get a text message from someone, how many of you guys just read, like, the first line of that text? Like, maybe if some of you guys are, like, in a rush or something, you just want to, like, kind of know what it's about, maybe you'll read it, like, a short bit. But most of us, if we see a text, we'll just, we'll just read the whole thing, right? It's what it will take? It'll take, like, two seconds or three seconds to read a text? If you get an email from someone, like most likely you'll probably read the entire email. You might not reply right away, but maybe you at least read it all the way. So uh, this is the kind of, um, you know, uh, approach that we should take when we're reading this type of um, scripture. This type of scripture. So I want us to read the, the, the book in its entirety. And it will help us to gain a better picture, a better grasp at what Paul is writing about. So, um, I want to take, us, take some time to look at the background and context of this letter. Because that's important for whatever we read. We want to look at the background and the context. So look at uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. It, does anyone, if anyone needs a Bible, it's in the back, okay? If you need a Bible, it's right behind on the table. Uh, we should have enough. So, please do grab a Bible if you don't have one. And if you need help turning to uh, that place, um, just ask for help, okay? All right, so I I want everyone to be looking at it for themselves. I'll, I'll just give you guys like just a little moment to to look at it because I know some of you guys don't have your Bibles out. If you need help, just ask. Ask someone next to you. I'm sure they can help you out. And there's always a table of contents. Okay, there's there's no shame in looking at the table of contents. Okay. You don't know where it is that's what it is it's a really short book right it's only like two pages it's easy to miss so uh just look at the table of contents okay so chapter one verse one which is this is known as the greeting okay this is the greeting part of a letter which is common so just like we would have a greeting in our letters we write like dear so-and-so right uh or to whom it may concern um who, so who is writing this letter here just shout it out wait 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 take a guess who is writing this letter? Okay, we have Paul, Timothy. Timothy. I'm hearing like a lot of S's, like so It almost sounds like Harry Potter. It's like whispering, snake whisper. Okay, so we got Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Okay, so these three are the people who are who are expressing this letter and. Um, Most uh, scholars, they think that Paul is the main person who's kind of like writing this letter. But the other people are, in a sense, um, their heart is with it as well. Like this is their intent as well. And um, in a a sense, like this is what they would want to say to the Thessalonian church. So we have these three people who are writing this letter. And then we need to think and ask, well, who are these people? Who are these people? So if you ever get an email or a text from someone, you want to know who it's from, right? Like any, everyone, anyone ever get like a text and it's like from like an unknown number. And it seems like they know you or they want something from you. Like that's like a little weird, right? Uh, so you want to know who it's from. So who are, who are they? So Paul we are familiar with. Like, we literally spent like a year talking about Paul. So I'm sure we're pretty familiar with him, right? His life was changed. He was killing Christians, putting him in jail, persecuting them. But then God met him on road to Damascus, changed his life around, and he came to know this God, and then he follows this God. Right? And he wants other people to know this person, this God. And so that's Paul's life. How about, how about Silas? Silas. Does Silas ring a bell? Does that name ring a bell in anyone's mind? Silas? That is a familiar name. Silas. So Silas, we first encountered this guy in the book of Acts. So that's why maybe you, you like you remember his name a little. So he was part of the leadership in the church of Jerusalem. And he was someone who also accompanied Paul on his many journeys. So Silas and Paul, they suffered together. They traveled together. Uh, Silas shared in the joys and sufferings of Paul. Like they would be together. Like they would be in jail and then they'd be like singing to praises to God together and things like that, like they traveled together, they were working together, they lived life together this was this is what this was who Silas was. How about Timothy? Timothy? does that ring a bell for anyone? Timothy all right so Timothy was a character who also popped up in the book of Acts and he was a younger man, and his father was a Greek, his mother was a Jew, so he kind of like. Uh, so he's kind of like half-half there. And uh, Timothy, uh, like Silas, he accompanied Paul on his many missionary journeys together. They worked together for the gospel. They, they served God together. And they also suffered together. But they also experienced the joys of serving God. Uh, Timothy, he's actually mentioned in six different letters that Paul, have, uh, that Paul wrote. Six different letters to various churches. He's also mentioned as a faithful worker in the gospel. And a beloved son uh, in the faith of Paul. So Paul kind of saw Timothy as kind of like his um, like spiritual son, in a sense. And Timothy saw him as like a spiritual father. Not a biological, but someone who kind of like he really loved and he wanted to take care of because he was a younger person. And Timothy really looked up to Paul And was like, this is someone that I can trust. This is someone who I can follow, who I want to learn from, who's going to take care of me. And um, I I really want to, you know, like, I I want to be with this guy. So this was their relationship. And actually, two of Paul's letters were written directly to Timothy. Anyone want to take a guess what those letters are? Anyone want to take a guess? Take a stab at that. I. I? All right, go for it. Guess what the letters are? That was written to Timothy. I. I. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, a letter called right, First Timothy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little confusing. Could be a little confusing. Yeah. So yeah. All right. First Timothy. How about the second one? Two. Second. I heard Second Timothy. Yeah. Okay. It's very. It's it's, it's not a trick question. Okay. So. Paul he wrote two letters, First Timothy and Second Timothy to this person called Timothy. You can find it in your Bibles, and um, yeah, so you can see their relationship, right? This is these are the people who are writing this letter, and it's very important because it helps us to understand and really grasp like the the, the meanings behind it, like the significance. So now that we've uh, we've learned a little about the the the, the, uh, the people who are writing it, let's take a look at who the recipients are. So take a look at verse one again. It says to to who to who? All right, to the church of the Thessalonians, the church of the Thessalonians. So who are these people? Who are these people? So uh, turn to Acts seventeen. Turn to Acts seventeen, and we're gonna. I'm just going to read the first nine verses to you. This is where we first hear about Thessal, uh, these Thessalonians. Acts chapter seventeen, verse one It says, "When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and uh, Apolline, uh, Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue." As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Okay, so you saw Paul and Silas, right? So Paul and Silas are there. And but Verse 5, but other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace and formed a mob and started to riot in the city. So it's like these people like, found some gangsters and they just like, you know, started to riot. So they rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. Or they are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. And as soon uh, as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Okay, so then that's it. Okay, that's stories that 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 story is, is 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 done that's how we know about the thessalonians so in first century um in the first century thessalonica is the name of a city okay so thessalonians are the uh are the citizens or people who who dwell in the in the city of thessalonica so this was the city was actually the largest city in macedonia at the time and it was uh, this major city, it was a city for uh, uh, trade and commerce. It was a center, and it was the capital of Macedonia. And it was actually named after uh, the sister, uh, no, it was actually named after the stepsister of Alexander the Great. Okay, So her name was uh, Thessalonica. That was her name. So this city was actually named after her. And Paul and Silas, they came here together, and through the sharing, if you see, read, read the words, and in, in, in Acts chapter 17, they uh, they reasoned with them, right? In verse 2, they reasoned with the Jews, explaining and proving all these things, proclaiming. You see these words? And then in verse 4, it says, some were persuaded, and then they joined. So I want you guys to really focus in on those words. So Paul and Silas, they came here, and through the sharing, the explaining, the proving, and the persuading, of Jesus Christ, who died, who suffered, and who rose again from the grave. Through that, Jews and Gentiles, both men and women. Okay, so this is inclusive now, of really of everyone. These people, they believed in the gospel, and then they joined Paul and Silas. All right, but because through the intense persecution of Paul and Silas, right in verse 10 they actually had to leave at night, right? They, um, they had to escape for their lives. It was... and, and in a sense, just as quickly as they came, you know, they, they I mean, they had to leave just as quickly as they came. So most scholars believe that Paul and Silas, they only stayed um, in Thessalonica maybe a, a few weeks to a few months, okay? So not very long. That's how long they stayed there. Not very, very long. And um, I want you guys to think about now. So what happens... What happens to these new believers? What happens to them? Like, what are they supposed to do? It's kind of like they started a new path. And then they're like learning about this new path. And it's suddenly like the people who are kind of leading them are gone. And like, that's it. That's it. So like, uh, last week, I was at my um, friend's... uh, a bachelor party, right? I'm one of the groomsmen, and we went to San Luis Obispo, and we went uh, ATV riding. It's not ATV riding, it's like, think like Mario Kart, but like real life, okay? But there's like no, no, we went to like the sand dunes near the beach, just like 30 acres of like sand dunes, and you just like ride around. It's like super fun, really, 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 really fun. But um, before we were allowed to get on the ATVs, we had to sign a lot of uh, forms. Like, liabilities for him saying like any accident any any injury they're not liable right like even like death it, it, it's out there it's 50 50 like even if someone crashes into you like and you didn't do anything wrong it, like both of you guys are 50 50 right uh, li- uh, liable so and out there it's kind of like it felt like you know it was like a like cowboy land or something it's just like you're out there and you just Anything goes. Anything goes. There's, there's no one out there, no staff, no employee out there, like, looking after you. There's no, like, in a sense, there's no, like, like a lifeguard for, like, the, the sand dunes. There's no lifeguard out there, okay? So uh, if anything happens, like, you're kind of on your own. You can, you can call them, but it might take them a while to come and find you, even, you know, and, and, and all that. So, um, and, and we actually had to watch, like, a little training video. Uh, and then the person was telling us, like, here are all the ways in which you could die, basically. Here are all the ways in which you could die. And as I was listening to this this person talk, I was like, Oh man, I'm not I'm not sure about this anymore. Um, like you could flip over, you can get crushed, you could like get you can like collide with someone, someone could collide with you, you could drive off like a cliff and all these things. I'm like, whoa, like uh like I wish you would have like told me this before like we paid, you know, like that would have been nice. Um, but in a sense, like, my, my friend, he was kind of worried now. So he started asking all these questions. Like, what's it going to be like out there? Like, what's it, what's, what, what are you going to count here? All these things. And, um, and he was really trying to get the details. Because that person who's teaching us isn't going with us to the sand dunes. Once we're there, we're on our own. Not going to be there. So once we actually drove out there, it was, like, pretty scary. Because they're telling us how, like, um, you got to be really careful. Because when you go up, like, up a hill... You can't see what's on the other side right it could be like literally a ditch like it's insane like 15 like maybe like a 15 foot drop or something just suddenly like on the top so you don't know what's on the other side not only could there be a ditch but there could be maybe be uh another another vehicle on the other side as well because you know, you're like oh i want to ramp off like one of those hills but like there could be someone else right so you got to be very careful and um in a sense, I was thinking like, man, this, is, this might be what it feels like. It's like, you didn't really learn much, and then suddenly you're out there on your own. And I, I was lucky, like I was with my friends, right? If I was there really by myself, maybe I would have been more scared. But luckily, you know, we had our friends, so we were able to kind of help each other out. But this is kind of what I, what I felt like when I was reading this. was like, man, this very, very young group of people, in a sense of young in their faith, they haven't known Jesus or, the, or this Christian faith, these beliefs for very long, And then suddenly they're on their own. That's how it felt. That's how it felt. So I want you guys to think about this question. What is a church? What is a church? You guys might have heard this question before. or Maybe you guys have thought about it before. But I want you guys to think about it again. What is a church? Is it an MPO? Okay, is it an MPO? Is it a building? Is it where religious activities occur? Religious activities like, you know, Bible studies and worship services and like prayer meetings. Um, is that where this occurs? Or, or, or is, it, is it just a Sunday service? Is it the Sunday worship service? Is What we're having right now? Is, is, this, is this the church? Is it? So the word for church in Greek is ekklesia. Right? Ekklesia. So repeat that with me. Ekklesia. Which literally means an assembly of people. An assembly of people. People who assemble with a specific purpose. It's actually a a neutral term. It was never meant to be uh, solely a religious term. I know that's how people use it these days. When people say church, people immediately think like, you know, um, like cross and like, you know, like some kind of building, right? Um, Maybe like stained window glass or whatever. Uh, That's what they think about church. But church was actually a very neutral term. You could, um, a school club for like robotics, in a sense, like that could be a church. Maybe um, like an anime club or something, or uh, maybe a, a, a public service or something like that could be uh, a church, right? Volunteering, something like that, could be, a, in a sense, a church, assembly of people. Even like a, maybe a Discord channel for, for gaming, like that could be, like, a church, right? That, that, that Discord channel is there for a purpose, right? So that could be a church in that sense. And um, in the Bible, this word was actually uh, even used to describe um, the gathering of citizens in Ephesus who protested against Paul. Even that group, it, the Bible used that group um, and called them church, so even think about that. So even these people who were like, we want Paul out of here, you know, like, remember this is like where they had the all these silversmiths who made like the God and then uh, they were like, oh, we want them out of here because it's bad for business. That group of people who were like mobbing, even they were described as a church in the Bible. They were a group, assembly people with a spe- specific purpose. So ecclesia was, it's a synonym for synagogue, for the Jewish synagogue. And it was often used to identify different Jewish assemblies as well. So both Gentiles and Jews, they were familiar with this word, with this term. And it wasn't foreign to them. And I think it's really interesting how the Bible also uses this term that everyone is familiar with to describe this group of believers. So I want you guys to notice is that um, this Church, though, this church in verse one to the church of the Thessalonians, they are differentiated, though, from all the other groups. They are different than all of the groups, though. And I want you guys to see why and and how, because it says here that it, it says the church of the Thessalonians in God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the phrase that differentiates this group, this church from any other church in that city, any other church, any, any, any other gathering. And I think that, uh, pastor Kelly, uh, who was talking about family, right? And God, the father relationships, family, like, I think he did a really good job at kind of showing us, um, the relationship that believers have with God. shows us how God relates us to us as a father, and how, how God relates to us as family, and how that's also important for us, right? He uses um, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, and it says this. He predestined us, meaning God, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Right, so God adopted us. If we believe, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, right? it says, through Jesus Christ, God has adopted us. And this is the type of relationship that we now have with God. This is the type of relationship that we have. And this in, so Thessalonians, uh, the Church of Thessalonians in God, this is actually describing, um, not necessarily a location, right, like in something, but it's really describing a relationship. This group of people... Their relationship with God is that God is their father. God is their father. And what does it mean for God to be their father, right? Pastor Kelly, he explained some of that. You know, uh, this father who who loves, this father who protects. Right? You can really see the heart of the father through the, the story of the prodigal son, right? How the father, you know, was waiting for his son. He loved his son. He wanted his son to come back, right? And he clothed him. He He didn't condemn him. Right, he welcomed him back, he loved him. Like right. that's really like shows the heart of the Father. Right. but because of our sins, right, we were in rebellion against God. Right. Everyone has a relationship with God. I know oftentimes people are like, um, you know, do you want a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ? Like people oftentimes when they evangelize, they'll still use that phrase. Do you want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? When in fact, actually everyone has a relationship with, with, with Jesus Christ. Whether it's um as You know, he's your. As we see here, Jesus Christ is described as Lord, right? Whether your relationship with Jesus Christ is that he's your Lord, or maybe your relationship with Jesus Christ is like I don't want any him in any part of my life. I don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. It could be that kind of relationship. So everyone has some type of relationship with Jesus Christ. Someone, everyone also has some kind of relationship with the Father too. It could be, man, the Father is far out there. He created maybe he maybe he created everything I don't know but then like he doesn't want anything to do with me now. God doesn't God the Father doesn't care he's aloof maybe he's even crazy he's you know he's um he doesn't care about this world think about the coronavirus right like maybe maybe God doesn't care about the world anymore. Like with with the youth we were um, we were watching this um this series it's called the story of God um it, it's by um, Morgan Freeman it's, you know it's led by Morgan Freeman and. Basically, there he was interviewing this guy who survived uh, 9/11. He was actually in one of the the the, the, the towers uh, when the, and the plane crashed into it, and by some miracle, he survived. And then uh, he was like really thankful about that. But then, then Morgan Freeman was, He was like, "Okay, so what you're saying is that you're saying God saved you, but then God didn't save everybody else, Alright. And it suddenly, it's like, oh, like so. God could have saved everyone else, but He chose to let them all die, or something. So maybe God's like actually really wicked. Maybe He's actually really evil. Like He, he could. It's like He could. He, he could save everyone, but He didn't. Like maybe He's actually evil that way. So what is your what is your relationship with this God, right? I want you guys to really think about that. And here we see that if God is the Father, we are His children. We are adopted into that, into God's family. That's a really amazing, amazing thing. And this is a specific group of people that Paul and Silas and Timothy are writing to. And I want you guys to turn to chapter 5, verse 27. So it might just be the next page because it looks so short. I want you guys to look at this. Chapter 5, verse 27. It says, I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. So this letter was not just supposed to be read to one person. But this letter was supposed to be read to all the brothers and sisters in the city. Everyone. All right, this assembly gathered as a result of the gospel being proclaimed and believed. Right, this, this, uh, this church existed right, because people believed that They would ask questions and it was being answered. They were being persuaded. It wasn't just like... Um, like, just you know, shoving a Bible down someone's throat or anything like that, or just just believe because the Bible says so. If the Bible says it's the truth because it's the Bible's the truth because the Bible says it's the truth. You know, like that kind of reasoning. People were actually asking questions that they were actually being convinced. This is how this assembly came to be. This is the beginning of this church. This is how this first church in Thessalonica was born. It was through these group of people who were. Persuaded by the gospel, and they continue to gather. This is how our church and in it, it came into existence. I mean, I wasn't here at, during that time. I wasn't even born at that time. I think our church we celebrated our thirtieth uh, anniversary, right? I wasn't even born at that time when this church came into existence. This gathering of people, and I believe last year was it Audrey? Uh, uh, HOC in oh, Taiwan 50. had their fiftieth anniversary. Last year, their fiftieth anniversary. So. This, in a sense, it came from Taiwan, right? The Bishop Ko, uh, we have Elder Ko, right? He's the son of Bishop Ko from Taiwan. He's no longer alive. But um, in a sense, like, he had this dream, like, he had this idea, this vision to want to start a church. And then, then they wanted to have more in the U.S., right, in California. So, in a sense, like, we, this is our relationship that has lasted through all these years, that People, we, we would, we would actually send, I think, Elder, you went, right? Yes. You went. Like, to, to Taipei to celebrate that. This is the type of relationship that they have. As brothers and sisters. I want you to turn to, uh, chapter 2, verse 17. Chapter 2, verse 17. We're gonna skip around a little today, cause I just want you guys to get a, a grasp of what's going on here. Chapter 2, verse 17, it says this. Uh, okay. But, brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person not in thought out of our intense longing we made every effort to see you for we wanted to come to you certainly i paul did again and again but satan blocked our way so when i was reading this i was like dang that's like that's like that's really touching it's like Think, it's like if you're ever writing, like, a, 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 you want to write, like, a touching letter to someone, you just say, like, man, like, I wanted to meet you, but I couldn't. But even though, like, we can't be together in person, but, like, my heart is always with you or something like that. that that's, like, what he was trying to say. So it's, like, it's, in a sense, it's very, like, it, 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 it should be very touching, a very touching letter. And I want to continue reading. It says in verse 19, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we'll glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. For when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these rivals. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I, I sent to find out about your faith. All right, I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you, and that our labors might have been in vain. So when anyone writes a letter or an email, there's always a purpose behind why they write that, right? Anyone, anyone just write emails because like just for no reason, just like like writing emails. Anyone do that? Like anyone like to just you just send people texts for no absolutely no reason. Anyone do that? Right, I'm seeing no hands. Okay, no hands. Because that that would be kind of weird, right? Like, you just send someone like a, I don't know, like, like uh, just a period or something. You just text them a period. Or like, text them like a comma. Or like, you don't do anything like that. Or you don't just send them like random stuff. There's always a reason for why you want to send them something. And usually it should make sense, right? So, this is the reason for why Paul wrote this whole letter. I want you guys to see that. Why did Paul write this whole letter? It was because... He was like, I have no idea what's going on with these people now. We had to leave so abruptly. I have no idea what's going on. Like, and I miss them. I love them. I care for them. They are a young church. And they are surrounded by pagan culture. They're surrounded by a culture that does not agree with uh, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are probably being persecuted. That's why we had to leave in the first place at nighttime to escape, was because we were being persecuted. They are probably being persecuted. They're probably having a really hard time. I wonder how they're doing. I really wonder how they're doing. And I I, I tried, Paul's like, I tried to go meet you guys, but I couldn't. It was just somehow, it wasn't possible. Satan blocked our way. Whatever that means, we're not sure. But somehow Satan blocked our way. And we were unable to come to you. So that's why, no, somehow at the end, I, I just decided, okay, I got to send somebody to come check up on you guys. They didn't have phones during that time, right? They had no internet. If you wanted to get any news, you, you, you had to like, had to send someone and they had to bring a letter or something like that. You had to send a messenger. So I sent Timothy. I sent Timothy. And Timothy is one of the, the, the people who are writing this, this book, right? Timothy's one of those people. I sent Timothy to find out what's going on with you. I sent out to find out about your faith. About your faith so when i was reading this um you know the purpose of this thing I, I i was thinking about this uh this song um it's called remember me coco anyone ever watch watch coco yeah disney pixar movie coco and uh the song goes like this it, it goes uh, remember me right though i have to say goodbye remember me don't let it make you cry uh, forever, if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each time, each night we are apart. So whoever's the person who's writing this is—it's uh, well, the movie's been out for a while, right? So I'm not really spoiling anything. But the person who's writing it is um, a father, and he's writing this song to his daughter. He ha- he uh, he left his daughter and his wife because um, he like wanted to pursue like a music career, and then he was like, "I'll be back soon," but then like time passed. And he wasn't able to go home, and he's like, and this is this is what right? He says, "Remember me, though I have to travel far. Remember me each time you hear a sad guitar, because so he plays a guitar. Uh, know that I'm with you. The only way that I can be until you're in my arms again. Remember me." Right. So I when I when I when I was like, oh man, this is like like Paul, you know, like Paul Timothy and Silas. They really love this this church they have no idea what's going on. And they hope that they're holding on in the faith. But they know it's also really hard. So they want to... So, so, so Timothy, he returns, right? He returns. He found out what happened with this church. And then he returns with the news. And and from the news that he hears, he writes this letter. Okay? So I want you guys to see that timeline. Paul, Timothy, Silas, they had to leave. They don't know what's going on. They sent Timothy to check up. And, and then Timothy comes back with the news, and then now Paul, and Timothy, and Silas they write a letter to this church. This is the timeline. This is what's going on. And I, and my hope is that as we read this this letter, as we read God's word together, we're going to be encouraged, and we're going to be spurred on, really, to be this church that uh, that we are supposed to be. This church that that is that is you know we see God as our Father. A church that sees God as our Father. We a church that sees Jesus Christ as Lord. What Lord means is Master. Where we are obedience to Christ and what Christ commands. We are a church that sees God as a Father's relationship. Right? Not, not this relationship of like, Oh, God's crazy, He's out there and He doesn't care. But as God is someone who loves and cares and protects and wants really the best for us. That's, the, that's this type of church. This is the relationship that they have. And it's really amazing because Jesus is someone who understands us. The Bible writes that Jesus, he suffered every temptation. He faced every temptation that, that, that we face as humans, but he never sinned. But he also understands our struggles. Jesus, he, he wept. He he understands the pain and the suffering of death. Right? When his friend died, Lazarus, he wept. And Jesus, he he would have he he would have laughed, and right? he, he would have enjoyed life. But he also would have had to go through everything that we went through. He really understands us. And I really think that's a, a huge encouragement that, um, that this God that, that we follow is not someone who, you know, we just, like, that doesn't know us. But we just need to do all these good things, you know, hoping that life will be good or something like that. But that's that's not the way it is. It really isn't the way it is. So I want you guys to see that, that as a church, this is a group that we are part of. And I... And I really hope that, um, you know, as we study this, this passage, this, this, this book, that we'll really find some encouragement. And we'll really f- see and re- be reminded of what we are supposed to be. What we are supposed to be. When we're gathered here, uh, not even here just on a Sunday. This is part of what it looks like to, to be part of a gathering, right? But uh, really to see kind of like the, the roots of everything. What is, all, what is it supposed to look like? And... Um, I really encourage you guys. If you guys are not plugged into like um, like a smaller group somewhere, to please do that. I really encourage you. So for Awana, um, I think no one here is Awana age, uh, but I think there were two kids just now. But yeah, for Awana, there is for the preschoolers to elementary school kids, right? If you're in that age group, we have a Awana for you. Right? This is a where you can you can learn. And you can you can uh, interact with people who know who who are more mature who can really lead you. You have you can make friends, right? So that's wanna. There's also family time for youth and parents. So really encourage uh, youth and parents to um, both be involved in that. It's youth uh, family time is not just for youth. It's for in, for families, and where uh, we can really encourage and help families um, grow together, and help families encourage each other to follow Jesus. We also have a young adults group that, uh, that happens on Sunday nights. So if you're a young adult and you, you're not part of a, a group yet, I really encourage you to come um, to, to, to get connected in that way. So this is kind of where I want to stop for today. What I want to do, I hope uh, you guys were able to, to grasp it. Hopefully, hope I was able to explain it clearly. But this is kind of the background of this book. Right, we talked about who's writing it to who they're writing it. What kind of group uh, is this supposed to be about why did Paul even write this letter? And through that, we're going to really get some more depth in the the following weeks. Um, So thank you so much for bearing with me and and listening to this. I know it was a lot. uh, But I really do believe that God is going to speak to us and that God has been speaking to us through this time. So I just want to um, invite the worship team to come up and we're going to take communion together. So communion is for believers. Okay communion is for believers. And this assembly of people, they share this meal and it's a very meaningful meal. The believers, so the, the church of Thessalonica, they would have shared this meal together. And this meal, uh, the blood, uh, the, the, the cup and the, and the bread, so that representing the, 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 the blood and the body of Christ symbolizing that Christ, he died on the cross for us he shed His blood on the cross for us, but it has power. There's a there's atoning work in His blood where this can cover our sins. Right? So, no matter how, uh, how bad we think we are, how much guilt we have or shame, um, how much we screw up, uh, we are never too far gone from the power of God. That, and, this, and His body shows that you know, His body was broken for us, So that that we can have life So when we take this together It really signifies that aspect And this is really at the central Of the Christian faith So I think it's really awesome that when the Thessalonians would have took this That they would have been encouraged in their faith Because life was hard, they'd be persecuted But when they take this together, they're reminded Man, we have something amazing and let's hold on, let's not give up Let's not give up Paul and Timothy and Silas, they're thinking about us so um, I want you guys to just give you guys a moment. When you're ready, you can come forward and, and uh, take uh, take one, and then we'll take it together at the way end. If you need assistance, just raise your hand. Let us know. And uh, yeah, take some time to pray, uh, talk to God, and just let him know what's going on in your heart. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Uh, maybe it's just resting in, in the promises of Christ. So just take some moments. Let's take a moment to do that. Together as we as we we take this. um, All So uh, as we take this together, let's say um, thank you, God the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's say that. Let's let's say that together. Alright, Is that too long? So thank you, God the Father. We're running a little out of time today, so I'm going to leave this offer bag in the front here. And uh, after service, you can just come and and you can give your offerings. Uh, And yeah, since we're running out of time, so I'm just going to wrap it up. So uh, there are refreshments outside. Please do stick around for that. Catch up with people, um, find out how they're doing. And then uh, we do need help uh, to clean out. Uh, that room over there, because we took the space, so kind of like the kids don't have a space for their Sunday school now. So we're we're trying to clear out that area. So if you have some time after service, please just stick around, and it shouldn't take long, maybe like 20 minutes. And then um, please stack the chairs on the side, and then we'll see you guys out right there. Then, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why i No, that <laughs> nothing that We want not do Nothing. Go. Oh, Phil. Yeah. I don't think. Don't put anything do want <laughs> it. so so to return this one for the I here. Yeah. Someone's tea. Is this Re- is this Rebecca's tea? I don't know. And is this your tea? Oh. It was on the table, right? What do okay. they need us to clean? It's pretty empty already. So, uh, you guys, guys, come here. So what we need to do? You, guys, you don't need to take off your shoes. So, what we need to do is we need to. No, cause uh, they're gonna steam clean this. Oh. Yeah. Hey guys, guys, come here, come here. I'll tell you what exactly what we need to do. He, uh, okay. So these boxes here, we're going to we're gonna fold them back into boxes, okay? Uh-huh. And then all the stuff in the shelves go both. into the boxes. Okay. And then we're going to move these shelves out and put it against the wall here. Okay? Oh, so okay, you're not going to throw anything. No, no, no. they only have to yeah. clean it. Are we gonna throw it? And then we'll dump it back later. Oh, are we're gonna throw away nothing. And then after you guys have done that, we have more stuff. <laughs> yes. Do we do? I also clean those. No, no, no. O- only okay. that for today and, and then we're gonna put the shelves against against this wall. So we're gonna put the shelves against this wall Tempor- temporarily. Okay. Okay. Shelves against this wall. And then after that, I'll tell you guys the next step okay, right. okay. Right. I, I'm, I just have some stuff I need to take care of right. no, okay. right. is there tape? They have uh, tape? in my office or Amy, I know. oh yeah Amy's tape office the yes. or the, the, boxes. The boxes boxes, boxes. boxes?